Whitney. I'm Danielle. And we are the founders of Sakara Life, on a mission to nourish your body and transform your life. Sakara is a Sanskrit word that describes the action of turning your thoughts into things and manifesting your reality. We believe that who we surround ourselves with, what we watch, what we listen to, what we eat, the information that we take in, impacts the way we think and therefore who we are. The conversations that follow are with bold thinkers who have had an impact on how we view the world, ourselves, and what it means to live the Saqqara life. The intention of these conversations is to push each of us to greater heights so that we can turn our thoughts into things and all shine our light a little brighter. We are so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to the Saqqara life. Hello, Sakara Lights. Today we have Nadine Artemis on the Sakara Life podcast. She is the creator of Living Libations, a luxury line of organic, wild crafted, non GMO serums, elixirs, and essential oils for those seeking pure botanical, natural health, and beauty products. She is an innovative aromacologist known for setting the standard for clean, effective botanical beauty, and her product line ranges from skin serums to oral care to perfumes and elixirs. She champions using the life forces of nature to revive the body, skin, and soul to tap into our natural radiance. Her healing creations, along with her concept of beauty, encourages people to rethink conventional notions of beauty and harness nature's healing powers. She is the author of Renegade Beauty, Reveal and Revive Your Natural Radiance, and Holistic Dental Care. And it's a really fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. Also, please note we are recording from our homes via Zoom, so please forgive us for any sound issues. Well, hi, Nadine. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Hi, I'm really happy to be here and in this moment with you too. Well, one of our first questions that we like to ask everybody that comes on the Sakara Life podcast is, what is your mission here on earth? Why do you think you are here? What are you here to share, to teach, to give? I feel, I feel there's a lot even still to discover, but at this point, I really feel that I'm here to help heal and balance in any way or disease through beauty. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> and what, what do you feel like led you to this mission and to this path that you're on? I really feel like it was nature. It was just that immersion in nature that I got as a young child that didn't really make too much. I mean, it made sense then, but to how it maybe relates to my life now, but, you know, just squishing plants and mud and making concoctions. And then I, of course, had that inclination at home, you know, with my mother's stuff or stuff under the sink. And I was always mixing that, which wasn't natural. But then those worlds collided when I, in grade nine, got to do, uh, pick my own project for a science fair project. And I decided to make perfume. So that was a really fun research. And it really, perfumes were just smells and bottles at that, at that time. And then it was really fun to go into the history and understand, you know, the early cultures, the early civilizations that were distilling for perfumes, which made me read about essential oils. And uh, then I set on paths to discover the oils so that I could recreate a perfume. And at that time, I remade L'Air de Ton using essential oils. So that was really fun. 
I still didn't quite get the difference between naturals and synthetics at that point. That was a little bit later in my teens when I was at university. And I really started to understand food, food manufacturing, sort of that, you know, what was in the supermarket was sort of five, you know, just from, again, it's not accurate, but like, you know, metaphorically, like five companies, right? Like all that just, and, and that what was in the food, like how to read labels that, you know, the healthier choices in cereal were still like, you know, had some weird elements in them or brown sugar was like dyed with molasses, you know? So there was like that understanding and how to read labels. And then it was just like, wait, what's going on with my skincare? Where I thought I had cleaner stuff with the body shop back then. Mm -hmm. And then to just realize, like, even though it was marketed with names like dewberry or fuzzy peach, it did had never been in peach. There was no cucumber in the cucumber toner. So I just realized all of the stuff for the body really just seemed like this petroleum promised land that was just dressed up in different labels. So from that moment forward, as I was going to university, making my own organic food, you know, really not eating processed food again, I didn't wear or adorn my body with processed body care products. And so I started making perfumes and lip balms and things for my friends that were waitressing called waitress legs to help them with varicose veins. And I just went to town. And as I was going to university, I was also in women's studies and uh, just loving. It made me excited about school again, because before I kind of got into those courses, I was a little bit bored. But it was great because we were reading things like Our Bodies Ourselves. I was doing projects on midwifery. I did a paper on Madonna and uh, I did my thesis on the female orgasm. So I really got to do this sort of like understanding the history and of, of women and their bodies, you know, throughout time, through different cultures. And then at home, I was making all these concoctions and it just really melded together. And then also I couldn't find raw materials. So that's when I started like really researching and scouring the earth and bringing in, importing all these beautiful raw materials that I work with today. Wow. You said something that blew my mind oh. right now, yeah. where you called it processed skincare. Mm. And I you know what's funny? Can... I think that was the first time I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why haven't I said that before? <laughs> well, you had, a, you had a little moment of brilliance right there, <laughs> right? Where I've never heard that before. And I think we talk a lot about processed food and needing to be cautious or wary of processed foods. But I don't think I've ever thought of it as in terms of processed skincare. And yeah. that so many of the same ingredients that we try to steer clear from in our foods are similar types of things that we need to be looking out for in our skincare, like those fillers, those dyes, those fragrances, the preservatives, things of that nature. And so you are getting back to nature for the skin and the body. Mm -hmm. And also because, we, you know, at the end of the day, our beauty or that feeling of beauty, our radiance isn't applied. It's not even from something I've made, right? It's, it's from something else. And it's about engaging with the elements, which nature is, is a huge part of. Obviously, there's the cosmos. I think of the nature as more of this beautiful flora and fauna we have going on on the planet but that's what we need to revive ourselves because it isn't going to come from a bottle and and yes we need to eat well and all that but what's bigger what's wider than that and of course it's water and fresh air and the sun and all the gifts from the earth 
Mm-hmm. And you talked about your mission and this idea of healing through beauty. And I feel like you, you just touched on it a little bit, but can you explain what you mean by healing through beauty? Well, I think in a fun way, things that I may make or the books that I write are just about beauty and they're beautiful and I make beautiful products. But underneath it all, there's also this really renegade medicinal situation going on, you know? So through understanding, like just simply how we care for our body in a different way, will usher in a new relationship. And yeah, so just clearing that out through, through what beautifies us. And also beauty isn't just this, a great photo in a magazine or a supermodel. Beauty is like our relationship to life. And when we can vibe on this level where we're really taking it in, in those moments, we kind of forget ourselves. When you're having a, you know, when you're seeing a sunset or you're in a beautiful forest or whatever, like you have that loss of the self for a moment, which is why we have orgasms or meditate because we want to actually experience that loss of self, which is just to be enraptured by the beauty of life. And so I feel like if we can tune into that more, tune into the beauty then all the other stuff falls away, which might be, I think, an easier path to find balance or certainly more beautiful path. I love that so much. We talk a lot about this here at Sakara. We call it kind of like finding your why. Mm. And, you know, I think because our food helps people with all types of things from skin clarity to weight loss to overall energy, people could easily just like, Think of us as, you know, oh, I'll, I'll go to Sakara when I want to lose weight or I'll go to Sakara for X, Y, Z. And really our mission is to help people think about what's actually motivating them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we talk about beauty a lot, but we actually, like the point is to help people find what does move them because yes. it's not the weight loss that moves you. Right. It's how you feel in your body or how you dream that you'll feel once you've lost the weight. And what is that? Maybe it's, I feel sexier in my body, so I feel more turned on by life. I feel more powerful in my body, so I feel like I can take on anything. And if we can find those motivators, those reasons, it's so much more empowering than just, oh, I want to fit into like these jeans I used to be able to wear. And so I love what you're saying here because... When I think about beauty or skincare, you know, typically I kind of have, even though I use this practice all the time with food, I have this kind of really silly why, like, I don't know, is it anti-aging or skin clarity? And I love what you're saying. It's like, it's about something so much more big, like so much bigger. It's, it's about something much more cosmic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you're saying, Danielle, what it made me think about was what if we could just radiate on that vibration of the that you get when you're feeling really good in your jeans what if Mm -hmm. you didn't need to fit into the jeans to be vibrating on that level to to feel good to have that energy to feel really sexy in your body because isn't that what beauty is in a way it's just an energy that we carry it's something that you exude from your your body, from your skin, from your hair, from everything when you're feeling really, really good. That's and, exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I think we often think we need to do all these things and look a certain way. And 
whatever it is in order to get there. But sometimes maybe there are just metaphysical blockages standing in our way, thoughts that we're thinking about ourselves, patterns, beliefs that are holding us back from feeling beautiful. Yes, that's so, so exactly true. Um, you remind me in my book, I say, you know, give your beauty the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Can you expand on that a little? Yeah, like, you know how you would give anything. Oh, like hopefully or your child, you would give it the benefit of doubt or something that you're thinking of. And so if we can have that grace with ourselves and with our thoughts, you know, then I think, you know, because again, Freedom really comes from our relationship to our thoughts. And I think why we do anything, why anybody does anything, is to feel better. So if we can find that feeling first, you know, if you can find the joy to be in the genes before the weight loss has happened, then the weight loss will probably be very simple. Yeah, and also just remember that these are all just tools in your toolkit. They're not the answer. The answer actually comes from within. And the best mm-hmm. that we can do is to get all the bad voices, the noise, the pharmaceutical, whatever, like in our food, the processed food, the the bad stuff in our skincare. Like the more that we can get that out of the way, the more, you know, we we get to, I think, really listen and and tune into that vibration. Yeah, we can hear ourselves more because, yeah, find the thought, feel better, and hopefully our thoughts can overpower even putting on that petroleum lotion or whatever. But also, those things do affect our minds and thinking because they affect the microbiome, they affect the guts, and now we know that mental imbalances are really gut imbalances, and so we're also having a a big understanding about that. But yeah, when we do when we stop doing practices that, you know, and putting the chemicals on our body, then, then we, you know, have new freedoms, new freedom and thought, and we're dealing with less toxicity. Yeah. And so you touched on microbiome and I didn't tell you much about my story before we got started, but I had terrible cystic acne for Mm -hmm. over a decade of my life, along with that different hormonal imbalances, anxiety, all of these different things that I, I didn't know were all connected and were all connected in the gut, all connected to my microbiome. And I love that you say to use bacteria as your beautician and that you're really big on befriending your bacteria in your beauty routines. Because I think I spent most of my teenage years and well into my 20s trying to fight bacteria that bacteria was (laughs) was evil and I was Mm -hmm. taking rounds and rounds of antibiotics and I was Mm -hmm. applying topical clindamycin antibiotics to my skin. And it was this war of destroy, destruction, you know, sending chemical bombs at my acne. And it wasn't until I completely did the reverse that I nurtured my body and my skin to work with it in harmony, but it actually started to love me back, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And your journey is like not uncommon. And yeah, whether it's acne or oral care or even disease, we've had, we have this germ warfare theory, sort of the scorcher policy, right? Like you got bad breath and send in the 
holy alcohol Listerine, right? And it's just like, but meanwhile, we're messing with the microbes in our mouth. And then we have these mouth imbalances, you know? So yeah, when we, and then you taking all those antibiotics was then probably really creating this vicious cycle that you couldn't pull out of. Exactly. I know you don't often talk about your skin story here on the podcast or haven't yet. What would you say finally worked? I mean, I was on that, I was on that journey with you as, as a best friend. And I remember going to all the doctor's appointments with you and, you know, witnessing your struggle in so many ways. And I remember going to Sephora and trying to find the best cover up and just, I remember, I remember the journey. And so what was it that finally changed your skin? Um, it was definitely what I was eating. I would say, you know, understanding now what we do about the microbiome and about how sensitive it is and that what you eat, it eats and what you think and feel, it thinks and feels and how that actually affects this ecosystem in the gut. And so I was not treating my gut well. Um, I, I know sometimes I like to talk about them as my little pets, these microbes yeah. living inside of me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to, I need to take care of them, right? I need to feed them well and give them water and give them love and care. And I wasn't, I think when I put it that way, it's also easier for me to do when I need to think about taking care of something else other than myself, that sometimes it can just be easy to be like, eh, I'm okay. But if I think about them as my little pets, like, oh no, I didn't get them their leafy greens today. I need <laughs> to take care of them. And, and so it was shifting my diet to be eating for my microbiome, to be getting enough plants, the right plants into my body, enough variety and diversity into my body. That prebiotic fiber. Yeah, exactly. The prebiotic fiber and shifting my thoughts to going from being very self-critical and, Mm. you know, wanting to squeeze and poke every new pimple that popped up to just letting it go and focusing that energy on other things, on being of service to people and, and caring about others instead of putting that negative care into myself. That's so good. I'm so glad it evolved for you. Yeah. And I'd love to hear what you tell people, Nadine, when you're talking to people who have acne or these skin conditions, what, what do you usually say to them? Well, on a practical level, um, you sort of look at how they're cleansing their face. And one of the simplest ways to switch is, and it sounds weird, is to start washing with oil. Of course, real oil, you know, beautiful oil. I recommend jojoba because it's closest, it's the plant oil. It's actually a liquid wax. It's this beautiful oil and it never goes rancid. So you don't have that application of rancid or free radical oils to the body, which you could get with something that is natural, but not quality like an almond oil or a grapeseed oil, or even a beautiful oil like a hemp oil. If we apply it to the skin, it's just kind of going to go rancid. You know, that's hemp oil is a good thing to eat, not something you necessarily applying to the skin. So jojoba has this longevity, and of all the oils, it just has this real symbiosis with our sebum, and so it's balancing there and and cleansing with oil with jojoba, or you could use olive oil. We make these beautiful best skin ever's, and that's like the one bottle can do it all. You can. Um, 
cleanse, you can moisturize, you can remove makeup. And it lifts dirt out of the cells, but it doesn't mess with those four top layers in that epidermis, which is just like one millimeter thick. And there's these four layers, the stratum corneum, and um, that is like the top, top of the top layer. And when we over exfoliate, use foaming cleansers or surfactants, we're really disturbing that top layer. What we now know through studying the microbiome is that all that squeaky clean surfactants that somehow, since I don't know when, we thought we needed to be clean or to get rid of the acne, what they're doing is leaving microscopic surfactants, like these microscopic splinters that are getting lodged into the stratum corneum. And when we're over exfoliating, then we're removing a layer of skin cells too quickly, allowing the young cells underneath to be too vulnerable. And it's kind of like, you know, the same thing, like leaving your front door open when you're on vacation. It's like literally leaving our skin too vulnerable. And then we're also over exfoliating and this may sound gross, but then we're not leaving a food supply for the bacteria. They need those dense skin cells in the sebum. That's what they eat. Wow. Yeah. I have to say that I am obsessed with your cleansing moisturizers. Oh, I love nice. the the sea buckthorn mm, one. Yeah, um, that's a, it's a classic. I just recently started using it, I think, just since I've actually been pregnant and mm, I oh, want congratulations. Thank you. Danielle and I are both pregnant actually. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> and, and I wanted something really gentle for my skin, also being in quarantine. I just mm-hmm. wanted something simple. And, you know, being a cleanser and a moisturizer in one, I thought that sounded great. But you can also use it on your baby for baby massage, for cleaning them, like for, Ooh. you know, when you're changing diapers, that kind of cleaning. It lifts it. It's so good. And you'll never get diaper rash. Or if there is something, you just put, you know, a little on top. Amazing. We'll get back to this episode in just a second. But I wanted to take a moment to tell you a little bit more about my own skin journey. This is Whitney, founder of Sakara. And as I mentioned in this episode and in a few of the other episodes of the Sakara Life podcast, I battled with cystic acne for over a decade of my life, literally trying everything out there on the market to try to achieve that clear skin that everybody wants. And it really wasn't until I turned to the Sakara life, changed my diet, changed my thoughts, that my skin was able to heal and clear itself. But one thing that I didn't mention in this episode was how important it was for me to take a really good probiotic. The Sakara Complete Probiotic is my absolute favorite. It is not just a probiotic. It contains essential prebiotics. 11 strains of probiotic and essential enzymes, which help decrease bloat, improve your digestion, which translates into better looking skin. This is one of my secrets that I still use every single day. I like to take two in the morning and two at night. You can start with just one and work your way up from there. But I really see a huge difference, especially if I'm not eating perfectly all the time. And so in order to help all of you Sakarlites out there with your digestion and achieve that clear glowing skin, 
I wanted to offer you a special code today just for our Sakara podcast listeners. You can go to our Sakara website, that's S-A-K-A-R-A.com forward slash probiotics, P-R-O-B-I-O-T-I-C-S and enter podcast 15 at checkout for 15% off your first time purchase. That offer is good now through September 7th. So go check it out. All right, now back to the episode. So I also, along with this, took your recommendation of using washcloths for the cleansing portion of it. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I, I wasn't really doing that before with other cleansers. And it, this is seriously like a game changer. Oh, okay. That's fun to know. It's like that much of a game changer. So what I, what I love doing when I started oil cleansing was I did find, you know, you do, you do want a mild sort of exfoliation, but not at all what we've been doing, like with plastic beads and even treatments at esthetician stuff. It's just way overboard, but you do want a gentle one. So you take a cloth and you really can use any classic terry cloth, but we have lovely organic hemp ones. And then you just wet a part of it. You can wash your face first or splash water, but you're just kind of wetting a part of it, squirting the oil on, and then you're just cleansing as you normally would, but with the cloth. And then that, that simple act of that you know, textured cloth with the face. That's the amount of exfoliation. That's all that's required. And then you can rinse with water and then just take a fresh squirt of oil and that's your sort of finishing oil. You, we make beautiful serums and creams, but you really that could be all you need is the one bottle. <laughs> so then what is your kind of daily ritual? Like how do you decide? <laughs> you have all these beautiful products. It's so overwhelming. That's true. You know, I'm actually pretty simple. I keep it pretty simple. I've got, um, I use the rose best skin ever. And that literally could be it. I even, use, we make a beautiful sun oil to be in the sun with. Everybody loves the sunshine, but I'll even sometimes just use the best skin ever when I get out of the lake and lie in the sun. So I use that to remove, I'll use that to remove the mascara, you know, whatever. And I keep it really simple. And then I'll use, uh, I love if I'm going to spend a little more time on my face, even though it's, I'm pretty quick. I'll, I'll dab on, you know, one of our dew dabs and then an ozonated dew dab for areas, you know, just to extra juice the area, like under the eyes or the forehead or whatever. And then you're mentioning the sun. Yeah. We know that you... That's going to be my question. <laughs> yeah. You love the sun. Yeah. Okay. Tell us, tell us about it because everybody says, you know, wear sunscreen every day. Even if you're just walking from your apartment to the office. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, you know, the sun really is keeping us all alive for starters. And even though we've been told that, I mean, I think we all know, we have that feeling, like we know what it feels like to be, to be greeted by the sun and to have a sunny day. It's a beautiful thing. And then if we look into the science and we understand our bodies, what we realize is, is that our skin, our bodies are literally designed to interact with sun. We have thousands of vitamin D receptors all over the body and they need to be biologically brimming with vitamin D to be a part of our innate immune system. And that's why we now, that's why we now know too that being sufficient in vitamin D 
through over 3,000 studies shows that, you know, you will not get a whole variety of diseases, whether that's being pregnant and having enough vitamin D so that your child doesn't get juvenile diabetes. The number one cause of juvenile diabetes is a mother being vitamin D insufficient. Yeah, kind of fascinating. You guys, I'm sure will be, you women will be fine, I'm sure. (laughs) If you're sufficient in vitamin D, then you have a 50% chance less of developing breast cancer, for example. And that's huge. That's a 50% slash in that risk. So there's all those things. And of course we have vitamin D supplements, but those are fat soluble vitamin D. And it's very helpful that we have that. But when our skin interacts with the sun, we're creating a water soluble vitamin D that is cleansing the blood. It's a precursor steroidal hormone. That's really important to create, um, to help our hormone system, to help create antimicrobial peptides which are huge bang up fight. They create catholicidins, which then protect us against different viruses, which is important. So there's all that. And then when I, in, in my book, I have a whole chapter dedicated to sunshine because it's important that we unearth how we've been lobbied into this loss of sunlight. And so many studies, including ones from like the New England Journal of Medicine, show that the use of sunscreen increases our chance of skin imbalances and skin disease. So it's kind of crazy that we've been applying it. And one of the main things to understand is that when we apply sunscreen, then we're receiving just UVA rays. And when UVA rays are received by our skin without its ultraviolet partner, UVB, then we're not getting any vitamin D. And UVA on its own causes skin damage. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So are you not a proponent of sunscreen at any time? Of not of chemical sort of normal SPF sunscreen. I make one called Everybody Loves the Sunshine with zinc. So a zinc, zinc, again, you want to look for a non-nanoized zinc that's not coated. The zinc particles are not coated and in a natural, you know, hopefully it's in a, in a beautiful sea of oils and, and things that are helping with your skin. And what zinc does is it deflects the ray. It reflects the rays. So they're bouncing off your skin. You're not absorbing anything. And so they're really good because, yeah, you might be you don't want to get burnt and you may need to surf in Hawaii for six hours you know, and can't wear a hat. So, you know, you can use the zinc then. So we do need protection if we can't, you know, be wear clothes or be in the shade. But other than that, no sunscreen, you know, I mean, use what you can. And then at that point, when your body's done, then you have to, you know, put on clothes or get into the shade or, you know, whatever you need to do to manage your sun exposure. So do you do sunbathing every single day? Well, if, when the sun's out and we live in Canada. so ah, Yeah. What do you do in the winter? Yeah. Well, we, I store up, uh, you know, all sunbathe on any sunny day. And I will rearrange schedule to do that. You know, I look at the hourly sun report and then manage my day. I'll, I'll go until like November and then the rays are too short. Hopefully by February, I am somewhere else (laughs) in a tropical location, reinvigorating the tan. And then by March here, even if there's still snow outside, you know, I'll open up my sliding glass doors and lit, lay on my ground on the ground and, and just receive the rays when they're long enough to generate the vitamin D again. And how long is enough to kind of recharge your body with that vitamin D, with that sunshine? 
yeah, you can really just do like 20 minutes, you know, each side, if you can, if you have that time, that's, and then you just build, you really do want to build it up. Cause what I've also noticed, cause I've been really like really understanding sun and looking at the science behind it for about 15 years, but it was really about, I don't know, more like six, seven years ago. I was like, okay, it has to literally, I can't get too busy to, you know, sun in the summer because I could see that the winters I needed it, you know, by the time I would run out and really understanding how it's like this beautiful immune and health tool. So yeah, I've just sort of been more dedicated since. And it was really last summer where I, Ron, my husband, and I it was just like, you know what? We had so many sunny days in a row. I was like, I finally feel totally saturated. So that was a good feeling. And then it lasts longer, you know, like I'm still a bit tan by January and I, and I just, I can feel the health difference. But there's a really cool app. There's an app for that, of course. It's called D-Minder. And it will, t- like, if you, you plug in your location, because again, sun exposure is going to depend on where you are in the world, what's your skin heritage, how much, you know, melanin you are normally born with. And so it'll, it'll put in your longitude, latitude, and the weather, and it will calculate, okay, today, you know, for 15 minutes will equal, like, so many thousand IUs of vitamin D. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That is cool. And then what about for healing a sunburn? So this weekend, my husband and I, we actually got out to the pool. We're in Arizona right now in Sedona. And the sun is a whole lot stronger out here than it is in New York City. But we, you know, we were just enjoying swimming and then got back in. And, you know, my sunburn pretty much went away. It was just a light one. Yeah, went away in a day. His is still pink three days later. So any, any tips? You have any, if you have any libations, I would be putting that on like the best skin ever see buckthorn actually would be amazing. And then if you happen to have a little bit of peppermint or lavender, you could add that in for calming and cooling apple cider vinegar compresses. So you dilute it like 50, like, well, maybe like an ounce of apple cider vinegar to about 16 ounces of water. And you could just sort of compress it. It really it does really help with um, with burns that way. But what's good to know is that our bodies, our DNA, actually deal with burns better than being in the sun all day with sunscreen on. So if you know if you ever do go too far, just know that. But you know what you were reminding me of in my twenties because I, I flew to LA and then I drove across and then camped in Sedona. I just was doing solo camping yeah. up in those beautiful rocks. And, um, my mission was also to, and it was, it was high, it was July, June or July. And I was, I had all my beautiful oils and then I was literally testing them in the hot Sedona sun. So I was like, how is myrrh and immortal? And what if we had the sea buckthorn berries and stuff? So some of my experiments for everybody loves the sunshine was done in Sedona. Oh, wow. (laughs) I love that. Amazing. I also, I gave him some quercetin and some turmeric. Perfect. Um, trying to beat it from the inside out as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and as you may know, foods that are rich in pigments also create sort of an internal sunblock, a sunscreen more. So, so more it, carrots. Yeah, <laughs> more carrots, more green, turmeric, acetaxanthin, sea buckthorn. So I am also really curious about your products in oral care and how you went from beauty care to oral care, what is the connection? And, you know, Whitney is obsessed with 
teeth and tooth care. And so I'm sure she's really curious too. And I actually use your tooth serum. That's what oh, it's great. Called, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love it. But can you talk a little bit about where that came from? Yeah. And do you not, I got to send you my books. Do you have the holistic dental care book? I don't. Okay. I would love that. Or the Renegade Beauty has a really juicy um, tooth care chapter too. So I'll have to send you both copies. Well, really it was in that whole journey, right? Where I was at university and I was understanding what I was putting on and around my body. And then, you know, we got to that mouth moment too. Cause again, I'm in my twenties, you're off the family dental plan. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's kind of an awkward moment and it's not something you really want to be spending money on as a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, there was a gap. I, I could find a lot on like not, you know, natural healing for the body and, and that whole realm but oral care was really missing. And so luckily I knew enough in my twenties to go to a holistic dentist. They weren't that holistic, but the hygienist was, and I had the start of a cavity and she was just like, look, go home, make something with all that stuff that you have, <laughs> those herbs and things, and just start putting stuff on your gums. And that was the creation of the, of the happy gum drops because then I started using it, applying it. And then we, we did, took an x-ray that day. And then six months later, I was able to see that the beginning of the cavity had, had gone. And I didn't know tooth, teeth could do that. That's not how I was raised. You know, we thought the teeth were just done, fixed. Once, they're, once you had your adult tooth, teeth, that was it. So that was really exciting to learn and to see. And then that started that journey. And then I really went deep, deep into the research, you know, because I was also um, pregnant and having a child and really wanted to understand about teeth. And I found there was a huge gap. I was finding things that were about the serious things about like mercury fillings and root canals. But what do we do at home every day so that we're not ending up at these big decision moments at the dentist, which can literally be life altering? Maybe not in that moment, but maybe 10, 20 years down the road or when some strange autoimmune issue arises and it often goes back to something in the mouth. Mm. Scary. (laughs) (laughs) So where do you usually tell people to start with your oral care stuff? Like if, you know, most people I know are dealing with some cavity or something. Mm -hmm. So where do you tell people where to start? I like people to know that no matter what condition your mouth is in at this moment, it, it can and it will, it can evolve, you know, with changing some things up. So whether it's receding or bleeding gums or, you know, bad breath or cavities or whatever, it can evolve. So I like people to know that. And I just simply, I would stop doing probably what you're doing on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> so stop the triclosan toothpaste or the Crest, the Colgate, the alcohol mouthwashes that showed or the statistic is that they cause over 36,000 cases of oral cancer a year. Stop all of that. And if you literally just switch to baking soda for the rest of your life, you would be far, far better off. So that's like the start start and any budget can do that. And then of course, if we're going to the world of living libations, then I would definitely, yeah, I think that because baking soda is easy to get, which could be your toothpaste. And I would go for one of the dental serums because you can't really get those anywhere else. And they're so potent and such a beautiful blend of different, what I call botanical biotics that can really bring your mouth into balance. What we know now through studying the microbiome and through modern science is that all of these beautiful botanicals that have been used for 
thousands of years for oral care, like clove, cardamom, cinnamon, frankincense, tea tree, you know, depending on what culture, what region of the, of the world, these plants were used for oral care. And now through studying them, we know why, because they are effective at busting through biofilms. They're able to prevent pathogens from sort of having a pathogen party and gaining traction and uh, sort of ganging up on the friendly bacteria. <laughs> and at the same time, they're able to work with the beneficial bacteria. So they don't, they're not like an antibiotic. They're not an antibacterial type of antibiotic that will just, you know, that's sort of this indiscriminate assassin of all bacteria. There's an intelligence with plants, just like if you were to use ozone to work with your mouth too, it can help clear out the bad guys, so to speak, but it's still going to balance with the good stuff. So things like ozone are very, you know, it's very healing to use in oral care. So hopefully you have a dentist that can do ozone injections and that kind of thing. And then we also make uh, one of our dental serums, we ozonate it. So, which is uh, something that was invented by Tesla, the scientist, where he would infuse olive oil with oxygen, with ozone. And wow. at that time, like a lot of doctors were using it. I believe that was the turn of the century. And so we make this beautiful ozonated olive oil. I mean, sorry, ozonated um, dental serum. It's very effective for receding gums. And you can use that as a toothpaste as well. You could use that with a little sprinkling of baking soda, that kind of thing. And is that is that safe? to use during pregnancy as well? Yes. Yeah. You know what? All of, all of our creations are safe during pregnancy. We have a caution on neem, anything that has neem in it to not use while pregnancy, because that's sort of the general disclaimer. But the reason why we say that is because neem shows to be an effective contraceptive for men. So okay. it kind of gets this blanket statement of, but don't use it when you're pregnant because it's, so it's not abortifactive, like some herbs that you need to be careful of during pregnancy. It literally, um, they did studies with the Indian army and a, there was two studies done. And if men took like just a few capsules or like a teaspoon of the neem herb, they, they weren't, you know, having semen, but they, whatever kind of, you know whatever that's called. Um, but as soon as they stopped, it, it worked and it, it affected, it didn't affect their testosterone, you know, during or after it was, it's literally like what we've all been dreaming about for birth control. Like, can it not affect us in a negative way? And maybe does the burden not have to be on the woman? So it's mm. there. <laughs> Interesting. Huh? Yeah. But oral care during pregnancy is very important. Uh, there's sort of a, I don't know if it's true, but there's this thing like, you know, each pregnancy, you're supposed to like lose a tooth. Not, you're not supposed to, but I mean, like that's sort of the thing because you're giving so many nutrients to the beautiful baby growing inside of you. Yeah. And there's all kinds of things going on. So it's a good time to take care of, of oral care. And also I should stay because you asked how to start. We also have eight steps. It's on our site and you can email us for whatever we can put in the show notes or whatever you like. And following those steps will turn around your mouth. So if you haven't been to the dentist in a long time, or you feel like there's some things to turn around, do the eight steps for like three or four months, and then you'll have a much more successful dental appointment. Wow. It's funny you say that because I literally am about halfway through my pregnancy and I feel like this little one's taking a tooth. Like all of a sudden I have this tooth that is just not cooperating. Uh, yeah. So let's get some serums on there and stuff. That yeah. being said, I wouldn't go to the dentist while I was, well, if I was pregnant, like while pregnant. 
Yeah, I don't either, even though they think I should. (laughs) (laughs) We have differing opinions. You know, you can write me and we can maybe figure out what to do about that too. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Well, this was so fun and you gave so many amazing tips. And I'm not going to lie. I also have like a window over here of livinglibations.com. <laughs> like, what do I need? Yeah. Yeah. No, but you're, it's so compelling to, to hear you. And, you know, similar to Sakara, it's just so obvious that this work came from your heart and, you know, that it came from a place of wanting to help and heal. So thank you for the work that you're doing out in the world. Oh, thank um, you. And I saw that you have this thing. It's like, it's important what you put on in and around your body. Yeah. And I say, I think I feel like I've written that line too. And I, so I just feel such a resonance because it's so important it's what so we're surrounding important. ourselves with. Yeah. There's so much in this world that we can't control. Exactly. Um, and if there are things that we can control, I think we owe it to ourselves to control them in such a way that leaves us feeling good and healthy and empowered. Um, so I would love to, I'm excited to hear what your light work is. You know, at the end of every episode, we ask our guests for light work, um, a challenge or a practice or a ritual that maybe you do, or maybe you feel called to share with this audience that will help us all shine our light a little brighter. Maybe it's the eight step tooth care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, you know, it's something I used to do. And then during quarantine, uh, especially the early times, I felt like, oh, I got to tap into this more. So it's kind of like a feel good snack. It's like, so instead of thinking about a big meditation moment or whatever, not that that has to be a big deal, but it's kind of like you close your eyes, you tune in, and then you kind of have to find your own way, but you just find a way to feel good. So you know what, I, I sometimes I just can find it so easily if I just say the words like, I feel good, I feel good. Now, if you're saying that, you want it to be authentic. So that, you know, if you're feeling not so good, maybe that's too much of a leap. So you just find, so even just you could say words that are good for you, like love or, you know, just positive things, whatever can tune you into a more feeling good track and then try and feel then feeling good in your chest and I love hula hooping so I often think I for me the feeling good feeling is kind of like a hula hoop in my heart and then if I can get that feel good feeling going I just kind of rev up that hula hoop heart heart hula hoop and then you just kind of snack on that you know maybe it's just a minute maybe it's five minutes and uh then you can go off on your day and so I find I do that several times throughout the day and sort of med- instead of meditating, I might meditate in the morning. And then I just, before I start a new segment of my day or something, I just tune into that feeling good snack. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. For some reason, the word that popped up into my mind was earlier, you were talking about your gumdrops, which mm. is, I think is one of your products, but yeah. you said that word and it kind of made me smile. <laughs> You just, you can't be mad at gumdrops, you know? You <laughs> Does it make you think like, of like Willy Wonka? <laughs> I was thinking like um, bubble gum and gumdrops and hula hoops and, you know, just. Like favorite things, like that song, I think. It doesn't have gumdrops in it, but it could, like raindrops and <laughs> yeah. whiskers on kittens. <laughs> exactly. Just things that are, you 
you think about and you can't help but smile. Just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you even get one minute in your day, in your waking day of that pure positive energy and that thought that's not obstructed, even one minute will bring you gifts. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much, Nadine. We're so Thank grateful you. we got to talk to you today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Well, that was a fun conversation. <laughs> she is incredible. She is such a Sakara light. She like, really is. And her skin looks beautiful. I know. I, I wish that these were videoed because also her outfit was amazing. On point. She we looked like, like the queen of fairyland or something. Like it was amazing. Yeah. Need to make sure that we're following her on Instagram to see all the outfits of the day. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm excited to try her eight step oral care. We'll see how it goes. And I love like the connection, how she connected this idea of beauty from within. And, you know, we talk a lot about the importance of taking care of yourself from a nutritional standpoint and how that equals radiance and beauty and skin clarity And similar with topicals, it's like, you know, you can do all the things and you should do all the things, but it really has to come from within too. Mm -hmm. And I really am a big believer in getting this little bit of sunshine every day and storing it up. I mean, in New York City, I'm walking from my apartment to the office where I'm indoors most of the day. And then by the time I leave, it's already dark outside again. Yeah. And so I usually, if I'm walking to work in the morning and the sun is out, I'll stop and just try and soak it in for a little bit, you know, and and just try and get some of that sunshine in where I can get it. And I don't wear sunscreen for that because I want to absorb as much as I can. But, you know, while I'm out in Arizona, if I know that I'm going to be out in the sun for an extended period of time, I'm definitely putting on some of that good natural Mm -hmm. mineral SPF. I also think it's just this reminder that nature is not against us. <laughs> you know, like mm. the sun isn't out there to burn you or to age your skin, <laughs> but that actually when we're in the right rhythm and the right mindset and the right practice, that nature works for us and with us. And usually when we feel like it's not, it's because we're out of balance in some way. Everything in moderation, right? Mm-hmm. finding that the balance between the yin and the yang, that flow of life. Yeah. Well, mm, I have <laughs> I have a few more minutes left of daytime, so I'm going to run out and get some sunshine lit. All right, you go do that. <laughs> I'll see you back here soon. All right. Bye. Bye, Sakara Lights. Bye. If you have a Sakara story that you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at sakarastories at sakaralife.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at sakaralife.com or send us a DM at sakaralife. Don't forget to hit subscribe for the Sakara Life podcast and share this episode with anyone you think needs to hear what we talked about today. And don't forget about the light work. It might feel a little hard, a little uncomfortable, but it's supposed to. The whole idea is that we lean into what's uncomfortable so we all get to shine our lights a little brighter. And we'll see you on the other side, Sakara Lights. <laughs> <laughs>